Good morning. Really glad you're here this morning. Over the past six weeks, we've been looking at the difference an accurate picture of heaven makes in our lives and the difference it makes in knowing that you have secured heaven by uh, a relationship with Jesus Christ. If, if you're a Christ follower, your citizenship is in heaven. You have a spiritual passport, so to speak, that says your homeland is in another place, not, not here on earth. I, I visited a few other countries, uh, one in Central Asia whose history is war-torn and who we'd recently been in conflict with, um, another country, England, India, Thailand, Germany, and when I'm, when I'm in those countries, or a country like that, another country, somewhere besides here, I'm, I'm sort of fanatical about my passport. I keep it right here, and I, I kind of all through the day. <laughs> I make sure I have it. And you know why? I, I want to get home. I saw a guy one time in the roughest country I ever went to. He lost his passport. And I thought, oh, what a bummer. Um, but it, it could have been, okay, I won't go into the whole story, but um, <clears throat> I was about to digress. We don't have time for that this morning. Um, but anyway, this is how it is with a Christ follower. Our home is in another place. We're not, we're not in our home. We're on earth. And the reality that our home is in another place shapes the way we approach this life. So that's what we've been looking at. In part one of the series called People Live Forever, we talked about how our relationship with Jesus determines our destination in the next life. That's it. Jesus told us how to be sure that you have eternal life. We we can be sure. You, You can know. And it's not a matter of pride that I've earned it, but it's, it's a matter of accepting Jesus for who he is and giving your life to follow him. That, that's what you find in Scripture, John 5.24. It's not on the screen, but it basically says, if, if uh, truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word, this is Jesus speaking, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me, That word believe means not just believe, okay, he lived, he was a person, but it means that you believe him to the point you give your life to follow him. He who believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but he's passed from death to life. In the moment that you give your life to Christ, heaven is secure for you. That's what you find in Scripture. We talked about that first week. A common picture of what happens after we die is a meeting with the Apostle Peter at the pearly gates. Now, this, this is not biblical. It's loosely, it's a loose interpretation of what the Bible talks about uh, as we move into the next life. But I'd like to share a scene with you from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure that shows us Bill and Ted at the pearly gates. And what has happened to this point, you know, Bill and Ted is actually a goofy, 
fun movie. But it's, it's really smartly done. They're, they're, it's, it's making some statements, and I'm not endorsing the statements it's making. <laughs> but what's happened at this point in the movie is um, somehow Bill and Ted, the, the Grim Reaper is after them. They've defeated the Grim Reaper. So they've, they've defeated death. They end up, they're surprised because they end up on the porch of heaven. They realize they're unprepared, and so they... They mug some people to, to get their clothes so they can be more presentable. And what you're going to see is the Grim Reaper in a dress. That's why he's, he's wearing a dress, is because they're trying to get ready for this conversation with Peter at the gates. Um, pretty absurd. Anyway, here, here, here it is. How's it going? What is the meaning of life? Every rose has its thorn, just like every night has its dawn, just like every cowboy sings a sad, sad, Every rose has a thorn. Don't I know you? No. (laughs) All right, there you go. And you're wondering, why is he showing us this clip? Well, these guys were fools. They, they were making their life up as they went along. And they did the same thing with death. They, they, incredibly foolish. When they were asked the question that they needed to answer correctly in order to enter heaven, which was in the movie, it's what is the meaning of life, a rock song came to mind by Poison. So they, they quoted the lyrics. They thought, hey, let's try this. See what happens. Well, that's, that's the wrong question that we're going to be asked on that day when we meet God face to face. The question will be, have I accepted Christ's death as payment for my sin and given my life to follow him as Lord? That's, that's the question we're going to be asked. This is the most important question you'll ever answer. It will determine where you live forever. That's what you find in the scripture. In part two, relationships... We looked at how if you know for sure heaven is in your future, it takes all kinds of pressure off the relationships that you have today. If you forget that heaven's waiting for you, you try to suck the life out of people like a giant vacuum. You try to get what you need from them. And you don't rely on God to give you what you need uh, to move through life. And so uh, it makes a major difference in our relationships. Part three, we looked at our decisions. The Bible says that every person on earth will face death, then judgment. And this is, we talked about how this is a comfort and a warning. It's a comfort because justice is a part of who God made us to be. We think justice needs to be served. 
And the comfort in the coming judgment is that he is going to make everything right. And as we see the judgment God deals out, it's going to make sense to us. We're, we're going to know, oh, that's, that's a perfect blend of mercy and judgment. This is, this is who God is. It's going to make sense to us. But also the judgment, the coming judgment that we're going to face is a warning. It's like a moral alarm system because we know that we're going to be called to answer for our actions. We, we talked about that week three. In part four, we looked at the mission. We looked at how our major purpose in life in light of eternity is to build bridges to others so that they can know Christ and find security in heaven for them. Last week, we looked at part five was money, and we, we looked at the perspective that the Bible gives on how to handle money, something very temporary in a way that pleases God and builds reward in heaven. And then today, we're going to wrap up the series with trouble. We're, we're going to see <clears throat> how the reality of heaven shapes our view of trouble and helps us endure it. And continue to do the right things in the face of adversity. Have you ever been homesick? What, one of the most humiliating portions of my life was when I went to Baylor University to play baseball. And Baylor is in Waco. I grew up in L.A., L.A. City Schools. Waco, Texas, L.A., very different places. So I found myself in Waco, and I missed my mama. <laughs> hey, I'm not ashamed. I was a mama's boy. I missed her. I was 17. I was young, and I, I missed everything about home. It was horrible. But at one point, my attitude dramatically took a shift. And the turning point was deciding to leave Bay Baylor and return home to California to finish college. In fact, I dropped some classes that I was struggling in. It's a long story, but the coach, we were working out on weights, and the coach said, hey, Lanthrop, you leaving? I said, yes, <laughs> I am. And it was like a weight. That was the last thing I had to do is let the coach know I was out of there. And it was a weight lifted. My, my attitude toward the things that brought me mi misery at that point was very different. Because I knew it was temporary. I only had a few more weeks to survive so that I could get home. This is the same attitude shift that we find in the scriptures for Christians, for Christ followers. Those who live with a hope of heaven can face the trouble here and now with a different attitude. I can endure the hardship of today because I know I'm going home someday. This is not home. I have a spiritual passport to prove it, and it's going to be awesome. That's what we've been talking about. But the New Testament is clear that we shouldn't expect heaven on earth. This is earth. Earth is earth. Life is life. Heaven is heaven. That's a very different thing. Here's some perspective from Peter, speaking of Peter. 1 Peter 4, 12-16. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. This is life. This is how it is. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be trial. 
But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you're insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. Peter's saying, don't be surprised by trouble. It's a normal part of life. It's also a normal part of the Christian life. This might surprise you. Don't be surprised. Jesus actually makes it very clear when he's talking to his disciples, in the world you will have trouble. But don't, don't, don't fret, don't worry, I've overcome the world. So this is... This is how it is. Trouble happens. It is woven into the fabric of our life. Second, it says to rejoice when you share in Christ's sufferings. Perspective of Scripture is, it's an honor to suffer for doing right. And as we do right with a heart to please God, because we bear His name, We should rejoice. Throw a party. (laughs) Don't be surprised. When you face trouble, own up to your own part. This This is important to understand. Some of the trouble we bring on ourselves. Proverbs 15 says that folly... Uh, ruins a man's life, but his heart rages against the Lord. We get mixed up sometimes on who brought it on who. (laughs) So we own up to our trouble, but if we're trying to do right and we're facing trouble as a part of trying to please God in our family life, in our work situation, as we're we're moving forward with our friends to try to serve them and love them, in the way that God wants us to, and we face trouble, throw a party. That's, that's something to get excited about. So we own up to what we bring on ourselves, but we throw a party when we suffer in the name of Christ. We can respond in faith to the trouble we're facing right now. First Peter 4.19, he goes on and he says, Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. So trouble shouldn't keep us from doing good. Sometimes we think, oh, as soon as this blows over, I'm going to get back to having the right attitude. Or as soon as this trouble passes, then I'm going to make progress on my goals. No, if you have good goals, you can expect a lot of trouble as you try to deal with them. And we can trust our very soul to God and keep moving forward while we're doing the good that he has for us to do. One of the aspects of trouble that we face in this world is that things in in the world on earth are constantly unraveling. Uh, We deal with this in our families. We deal with this in our friendships, in our working relationship. Things, things, it's it's called entropy. And things keep falling apart. It's related to the second law of thermodynamics. Relationships are subject to entropy. They keep falling apart. We have to keep clearing things up and bringing them back together. If you're a parent, you know, you got to bring the kids. Hey, hey, remember, remember this. This is what matters here. And you're, you're constantly bringing things are falling apart 
and scattering like squirrels. And, and you got to just keep, keep it focused on what really matters. If you tire of this and, and you quit pulling things back together, you quit making things right with the people around you, it's over. So we should expect it. We should expect that this is how life is. This is what Jesus tells us. This is what Peter reminds us of. Don't be surprised by the fiery trial that we're facing. Pro- projects are subject to entropy. In fact, we have a, a, a law, Murphy's Law. Things that can go wrong tend to go wrong as we're trying to do stuff. This is, this is a part of what has been placed into our world by the decision to rebel against God and live independently from Him, not under His rule. That's, that's part of the curse. That our projects, our work, it, it, it unravels, it falls apart. Our bodies keep falling apart over time. I, I have pains that I'm pretty sure aren't going to go away until I move on to the next life. That's the way it is. The older you get, the more you deal with pain. I've seen it. We took care of my parents for five years. My mom was 89 when she passed away. My dad was 93. There was a lot of pain. This is how it is. You, you, don't, you don't speed up as you head toward eternity. You slow down. And things, you deal with entropy. The Bible says our bodies are temporary. We looked at this the very first week of this series. Our bodies are a tent for our soul, which is eternal. We're going to experience pain, but on the inside is what matters. Entropy is a sign for us. It's, it's a sign that life on earth is temporary and we should live for what really matters, what will last. This, this should be a, a, a sign in our minds. God provides some incredible perspective and encouragement in our trouble, both in his word and as we're walking through trouble. If we turn to him, he will strengthen us through it. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 says this, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Our first takeaway from this passage is entropy reminds us to turn to God for strength. In another translation of this passage, which was originally written in Greek. It says, Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Our body may be falling apart, but if we're relying on God, our inside is growing stronger and stronger and stronger. In the middle of the pain, in the middle of the adversity, in the middle of the trial, the temptations, all that's coming against us, we're growing stronger as we rely on God. Second takeaway from the passage is our temporary trouble brings lasting reward. When we face adversity the right way in doing God's will, we're building a reward. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal way to glory that far outweighs them all. 
Paul knew pain from experience. Actually, before he wrote these verses that we read, he starts listing what he'd been through for the sake of Christ. He he makes this list, and he's not minimizing the pain in any way by saying they're light and momentary, but he's comparing the pain that he's been through to the glory, what he'll receive as a reward in heaven. Paul bore the scars of beatings for doing God's will. Uh, He endured a stoning by an angry mob. They left him for dead. They thought he was dead, but he revived. He was imprisoned, shipwrecked, bit by a snake, chased out of town, and slandered. What he's saying here is, in comparison to what awaits us in heaven, our present pain is light and momentary. It's brief. Seventy years here or so, however many God gives us, is, is a second compared to eternity. Our pain here creates a longing for there. It should make us homesick. <laughs> it should. So where is your pain today? Maybe a relationship is unraveling, a, a work project is falling apart, or you're literally dealing with pain in your body, some kind of sickness or pain or something you're, you're working through. God wants to use your pain for his purpose. He, he, he never wastes our pain. This is a beautiful thing about knowing Christ and following him. God uses our pain, both here and now, to draw people forward in their walk with him. And for there and then, we get reward. Until then... Until we receive our reward, we should stay focused on eternal things. So we fix our eyes not on what is unseen, or not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. What is God doing? I mean, this is these are my circumstances. This is the pain. This is the adversity. This is real. This is what I'm going through. But I, I look at what God's doing behind it. I can't see that in my situations, in my circumstances, in my family life, in my work situation, in, in my friendships, as I head out to try to accomplish things. I don't see that. I'd like to share a, a video testimony with you today, and it's, it's, a, it's a longer one. It's, it's 12 minutes long, um, but it shows how all of this works out practically in times of trouble. We're going to hear from Scott and Penny Lamberth. Uh, They were members of our congregation for several years, and they were on the launch team that we sent out. We sent out a team of seven adults with their kids to start a church in the Orange Cast area of Riverside. And Scott and Penny were a part of that team that launched out to help start Orange Crest. They faced some real difficulty as they were going, and over the last 10 years, that church has been going for 10 years now, um, and they'll, they'll explain, they'll briefly walk through kind of what they've been dealing with. But I wanted you to hear from them what God has done in their lives as they've walked through the trouble that they've faced. Here, here's the video. Let's watch this together. We've had a series of loss over the years, the past 15 years, starting with my brother, 
our daughter. I had a cousin, Mark, who died very tragically, and uh, Penny's dad, and then recently her sister, Nicole, which was just really heartbreaking. Um, uh, you know, we've also suffered, uh, I had a partnership breakup years ago that cost me a lot of financial hardship. Um, you know, the economy slowed in 2009. A lot of people had trouble. The business I had started then really um, lost a lot of business and ultimately ended up selling it. And even recently, uh, the company I, I worked for, um, after eight years of just loving working for this company, um, just healthcare reform had really um, kind of uh, just caused that company to go into decline after 85 years of being a business and just wasn't the same company um i've had multiple surgeries just my body falling apart even at you know the the young age of 42 and uh, resulting in just a few years now of chronic pain just having to bear with that too and um, you know that's just kind of a sampling i guess Um, a lot of people have been through worse but i would say we've had our fair share of pain and loss When my sister was diagnosed with brain cancer in in 2013, uh, it was it was a dark time for me. Uh, Going back a few years before, our dad had battled the same disease uh, just three years prior, and so getting her diagnosis uh, was devastating. Um, And what that led to was was about a year of battling, um, battling like, why would God let this happen? Does He really like love me because of all this this trouble that we've experienced? Um, going back a little further, the loss that Scott mentioned, our daughter, um, when I was 22 weeks pregnant, we lost her. Um, along with my dad's illness declining at that same time. So that was all kind of just snowballing and it, it culminated with my sister's diagnosis. And I definitely hit a wall. I found myself spiraling downward. Um, specifically, I began to isolate myself. I uh, began to kind of not really reach out to my friends and think, and I told my told myself, they just didn't get what I was going through. So it looked like staying home more, just going, checking out, going to bed early. Um, yeah. I also really struggled during these times to see clearly um, how to how to respond. Um, it, it made it really difficult. Um, you know, especially even like in my chronic pain, I remember thinking like, how, how, what's the best approach to this? And I really struggled with that over the three years of dealing with it. Like, what types of treatment should I be part of? How should I approach this? And, and you know, it just was, it was messy. And I made some mistakes along the way. And, um, and I really couldn't see clearly about how to approach this exactly to avoid more pain and compounding pain. Another... Another question I kept thinking, another battle I had, is there something wrong with me? Like, am I under, like, some judgment, or am I just a, a loser, or, you know, do I make poor decisions? Um, you know, I guess just shame. Shame, like, if I'm experiencing pain then, or trouble, then maybe I've done something wrong. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. I definitely did.
Um, I, there's a couple of examples that come to mind when, when um, I think about how God has renewed me and, and changed me through this through pain. Um, one one story is um, soon after we had um, delivered our daughter, um, our uh, stillborn daughter at 22 weeks, um, and my and it, along with my dad's health declining, his cancer had come back. And so we were battle- we were dealing with that too and not sure how long we'd have him around. Uh, I had a conversation with our old pastor, um, Randy Lanthrop, and I, I, I will never forget what he, what he shared with me that day. He just, he looked at me and he said, God must think a lot of you to allow you to go through this. And that um, perspective that he gave during that, during that time was, it, it like gave me courage to um, look at our situation from a different angle and to um, just kind of think about it as as think about these this pain and this loss and this trouble we've gone through as more of an opportunity to learn and grow. The morning after I got the phone call from my sister that she was going to be going on hospice care and there was nothing more they could do to to treat her cancer I sat down and um, spent some time with God and um, read from his word and I ended up reading this uh, scripture out of Job which um, the backstory in Job was God had a lot a lot of pain and suffering and illness in his life and what the part that I ended up reading that morning was at the end of the book of Job and where it talks about there was this small verse and it just said um, the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning and as I as I read those words from, from God um, I, I was given I was renewed and given courage that morning the, the questions were starting to already creep in like why is this happening? How come? And isn't there more we could, she could have done? And, um, you know, the discouraging thoughts. And But what that scripture did for me that day, it was like God was saying to me that morning, like, I know you've been through a lot, but it, it will be blessing again. And it helped me to move forward in faith and trusting him that he was going to work through this loss and it would be good again. Um, Last year, uh, you know, even in the midst of Nicole's cancer progressing and, you know, things really declining, um, I ended up getting a really bad infection. Ended up in the hospital up north visiting Nicole on Thanksgiving and her poor husband, even though he was off uh, work, having to take me to the ER and care for me and um, and it was a difficult time it was hard on my wife to see me really sick and it was hard on um you know because we just wanted to be there with Nicole and really distracted from that and and I remember going through that and it was a pretty severe illness to a point where I, I actually came a little close to it getting very serious um to maybe even going septic and um and I remember having a fear for a moment. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how did, what happened here? And just three days ago, I was okay. And now here I'm like, 
Like I'm at a point where I need to get well soon or this is going to get really bad. And all of the sudden, it was as if like all of the time I'd spent with the Lord, all of the truth that I have gained, you know, all of the quiet times, all of the sermons, all of the times of seeing God come through in my life, all kind of culminated to this moment of just, I can't even describe it other than deep in my soul, deep in my very being, God proved to me that despite no matter what was going to happen to me in that moment, that he loved me, Scott Lambert. He loved me. And that whether I lived or died, or whether I was sick for a very long time or a short time, that he loved me and that he was lovingly working something out of me. For me personally, what really helps me in the midst of pain is having the right expectations. And those aren't, um, having the right expectations don't come naturally to us. We kind of have false expectations naturally, it seems. And so um, just a deep search in life, becoming a student of what we really can expect out of life in this world has has really helped me weather some storms and it's not that i'm a pessimist because if you know me i'm not um, i'm an optimistic realist <laughs> um, i really do believe in pain and at the same time i really do believe that god is there and um, i really do believe that you can be in pain and joyful at the same time I definitely don't want to be tested on to the extent that I believe that. <laughs> um, I really don't. But um, I have been renewed by that reality. And that is a gift. I didn't go out and buy that or find that. Uh, God gave me that. He gave me that in his own way, in his own training ground, and in the experiences he allowed me to walk through. In his loving um, way of just reaching out and speaking to me through his word um, I didn't just lay around and receive it I mean it did take some effort but he gave it to me and I'm so incredibly grateful for that I would there be a couple things I'd like to say um, one thing would be I'd like to encourage you to not give up hope um, I've definitely been in a place where I gave up hope <laughs> and it what it it wasn't good um, and I know that there will be times is what, in what you're walking through where the hope will be really dim and small. Um, but I just encourage you um, as you battle the anger, the frustration, the sadness, the questioning that um, just like don't completely give up the hope that this will someday be good again, that your life will someday be good. And that would be my second piece of advice is it, it will get good again and some of that getting better or goodness won't happen until heaven and I hope that encourages you that it won't be in vain the the pain and the trouble um, I, personally I've already seen things get good again even as as I've gone through loss after loss after loss um, but what keeps me going is knowing that it will one day be completely good and 
it, it will make sense. I really appreciate Scott and Penny sharing with us out of their life. I'm sure that wasn't easy. <laughs> um, what you gather is God is God is very real. As as they shared, he he often draws very close in times of trouble, and he seems more real. He's there in the good times and the bad times and all of that. But uh, he he's very real. And the other thing you find out that he doesn't play favorites. We all live on planet Earth. Trouble, trials. It's a part of planet Earth. We can expect it. We're going to walk through it. We, we're either able to walk through it with the living God who really loves us deeply or without Him. Jesus came to set us free from slavery to the fear of death. That's what Hebrews says. And as we trust Him, we can walk through life, whatever it brings, and be strengthened from the inside out. I don't know what to think of her referring to me as her old pastor. <laughs> um, I'm going to take it as the last pastor she had. Um, but I'd like to explain myself. I, I told her, I, I made that statement that God must think a lot of you uh, to allow you to go through this because 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, no, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your strength, but will give you what you need in the middle of it. And so they, they've gone through, maybe we would say more than their fair share of trouble. God's in control of all that. Every, everything we deal with flows through the hand of a loving God. Um, but he also knew that they could take it. And there's eternity is the broader perspective that we live with during our day-to-day life. So this is, this is very important. This, their story shows how the truth we've looked at today works out into real life. It encourages me not to lose heart and to hold on to the right perspective. As we deal with trouble, as we deal with trials, each trial comes and we have to keep making a choice to turn to God. As we make that choice to turn to God, He renews us on the inside. He builds us up rather than tears us down. And I hope that this encourages you as we've looked at this this morning. As I wrap up, I'd like to ask the band to come up. And I encourage you to think through a way to respond personally to the message this morning. Here are some suggested next steps, just two of them. First of all, identify a trouble you are facing and circle the step you need to take related to it. Maybe you need to take heart in God, turn to God rather than turn away from Him. Turn to Him. Ask Him to renew you. Maybe it's focus on the important things that you can't see in the midst of it. Or trust God to work through the trouble. Just be patient. Trust Him. Don't turn away from Him. Don't isolate yourself but allow Him to work through the trouble in your life. A second step would be for the first time, I accept Christ as my Savior and commit to follow Him as Lord. Once you do that, God enters into your very heart. 
and he walks with you. He, he uses his own presence to change you from the inside out. I'd encourage you to consider that if you haven't yet come to know him. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth that frees us from struggle in this life. Help us, God, as we do battle and struggle with things. Help us to turn to you. Help us to see things from your perspective and trust you in the midst of it. We bless you, God, and thank you for the way that you don't waste trouble in our lives, but you use it for your glory and purpose. We ask you to do this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.